Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Hi, all. How are we doing today? I have something a little bit different for you. Something that I want to share that is, I mean, it's truly remarkable, really. I'm not even sure exactly how I want to bring this up, but here's the thing. At first, when I received communications from this certain person, I wasn't quite sure what to even do with it. And I really didn't even know, I really didn't even think I wanted to be involved in this. But the person kept communicating with me and then actually had some pretty good reasons for wanting to get some of their story out there. And then they also had some reasons for wanting it to happen here on this channel. And at first I thought that was kind of strange, but she was explaining that we're so diverse that it's a good place to be. And second of all, she wanted this channel specifically because she said it's going to reach the right people, which is why she wants to do it in the first place. I don't exactly know who the right people are. I don't know what that means. But somehow in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here comparing this to like the old days of classified ads, right? People communicating through these ads kept them anonymous. And you could put something out there as a message in this ad and then someone else that you intend to see it would see it, pick it up. And so I'm sort of getting the feeling that this type of thing might be happening here, but I don't know exactly. However, I do think that more will be revealed here, especially as we go on. I think we're going to get to know more about what all this is. And as far as my part goes and what I've agreed to is that I'm going to pass these stories on to you because if you haven't caught it by now, I'm into facts and truth and what's really going on out there. I'm not interested in conspiracy theories and I'm not interested in little ideas that really can't be proven, but that people just love talking about. And I have to tell you, if you don't want to hear about violence, real true crime, and the real people behind everything, then this will not be for you. This is your heads up and warning. When I do post about this, I will note the post with the name of Sydney Black, just so you know that that's what I'm going to be talking about and sharing in that post. And if you don't want to hear about it, then that's something that you can avoid. But if you are interested in following along, look for her name and you'll know those are the posts about this. Now, you're probably wondering, why would I do this? Well, one of the reasons I decided to go ahead and let Sydney Black send out her information through me is that right now we're dealing with the Idaho murder case. There are serial killers and want to be serial killers around us all of the time. I heard a stat somewhere that there are actually 10 per state on average that we know nothing about. That's a problem. Back in the days when we had Bundy and Gacy and all these other people, they were out in the media. They were given nicknames. They were sensationalized. And some people even saw them as heroes. They had followers, you know, groupies. They would go where they went. They would dress up for them. They would want to send them pictures and photographs and letters while they were in custody. It changes people and it changes the world that we live in. If we have a serial killer out there that people want to be with and admire, 
when there are those of us that really want to study true crime and want to understand if there's anything we can do to make it stop, at least lower it a little bit, the sensationalizing and admiration of and for criminals is not something that I'm really going to support here. You should probably know that. I feel like we live in a world today where a lot of people don't really know what's going on, what is real and true, what's going on in the societies that we live in. And I'm willing to share this information because I want people to take crime seriously again. It's not fun or funny for me to talk about people killing other people. And it doesn't amaze me that they were very good at it in a way that makes me look up to them at all. These are very sick individuals that actually have a type of addiction, if you will. We know that there are people that can't stop using meth or cocaine or things like that. And then we have the serial killer, another person that we can't understand. Now, we don't have a full handle on why people get addicted, do we? Right? They get addicted to different things, alcohol, drugs, but they do. And we try to fix it the best way we can with things that we have that have worked in the past. Well, with a serial killer, they also have a need. It may not be an addiction per se in the traditional sense of using that word and what the word means, but it's the closest thing that I can think of to help you relate to what I'm trying to talk about here. A serial killer may want to be successful and rise up in their company. They may want to have a wife or a husband and have that great family as well. But then they also have this need outside of all of that. And that need is to kill. Sometimes they get a high from it. Sometimes they get sexual gratification from it. Or maybe they're releasing some kind of anger and they just feel like taking someone down. I mean, this is really how messed up it is. Some people go to the gym or take up boxing to get things out, but these people take up killing to get it, whatever it is that they need, whatever they're holding inside. They answer to the pull to what it is they seem to need so much, which is killing another individual. Okay, well, so by now you're probably wondering, what all am I talking about exactly? What are these communications and what are the stories? Well, this person is a woman and I've already said her name. I'm going to call her Sydney Black. Her real name is very similar to that, but I don't want to use her real name because I've been asked not to. And I guess I could actually get in a lot of trouble for that. Sydney has come to me and she's been communicating to me for a little bit here. And I wasn't sure, like I said, that I even wanted to respond, much less engage in all of this, help her, but I've decided to. Cindy Black works for a quote unquote agency. And what she does is she helps them catch serial killers, the ones we never hear of. We don't hear of them while they're looking into them, right? While these agencies are surveying someone, we don't always get to hear about it, do we? We don't hear about them or the acts that they've done. We don't hear about their crimes. We don't even hear about when they're caught eventually, if they are. And to put this in perspective, okay, we have a big country here in the United States. If we think that we've only had the five major serial killers that we always hear about in the last many, many years, we're delusional. That is not true. And mathematically, it's not even possible. But if they were to share 
every little piece of this with us, with everyone, everything they know about these crimes that are happening in our towns, the people would be crazy with this knowledge. It wouldn't really help anything, if you know what I mean. And I have to say, I mean, things are getting handled. And whether or not you agree with the methods, things are getting handled and threats are being eliminated while the rest of us go on with the lives that we chose. We get up, we go to work, we take the kids to daycare, we go shopping, we go out to dinner, we go to movies. I think our lives are probably better without knowing all of that. And either way, they've decided that our lives can be better without knowing all of that. And so that's just what it is. But when I say that they are handling threats and they're being eliminated, I mean just that, eliminated. And all of that is what Sydney Black has been brought into to help with and take care of. So who is Sydney Black? Well, first off, and at first glance, okay, she was not that different from Mr. Koberger in a way, the suspect in the Idaho murders, if that all ends up the way we think it's going to, if he did those crimes. He was a criminology student. He was a good student studying, but using his studies to become the best serial killer. Sydney Black, well, let me back up because I had to get to know her to understand her. So I think I'll take you through everything the way I learned about her. All right. Sydney Black grew up on a farm. She was an only child and she was very close to her parents at a young age. She would help her father do a lot of things around the farm. And when she was describing everything to me, she told me that she really enjoyed that farm. And there's something very special about that experience that even now as a grown woman whose life has turned out completely different than her parents, for instance, would have ever expected, she still holds a special place for that farm in her heart. Now, that might sound very wonderful and warm and fuzzy, but after you get to know a little bit more about Sydney Black, I don't really believe that's exactly why she feels the way she does about the farm. They had a great family. They had get-togethers with other family members, and she learned a lot by doing the work and watching her parents work on the farm. And her parents, they weren't strangers to the community. They weren't on their farm not talking about anybody. I mean, they made a lot of contributions to the town. They had a lot of uh, exchanges for goods with other people in town, like a lot of people do in places like that. And I'm not going to mention where she lives, so you don't need to ask me, because I don't want to put a stain on any of the communities out there. And also, again, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble for talking about that. I've been asked not to specifically. Personally, I think that she holds a special place for the farm because it was when she felt that first feeling, that first good feeling about who she really was. And it was a satisfying feeling. She felt more at ease knowing more about herself. She felt more at home in her own body and in her mind. She was so resolved to everything and so comfortable with it it actually formed her future and it went exactly as she thought it would and wanted to be. I mean, she wanted to be a serial killer, a female one at that. Someone that could do big things and then be remembered forever. In her mind, this was her life's mission and she was thankful to finally know it and she had the energy and the drive for it. The problem with that is nobody noticed for one. Nobody maybe wanted to notice. Pretty sure of that. Sydney said she became more active in the work around the farm. 
She was more inquisitive and she wanted to know more things about the farm animals and life on the farm. She wanted to earn her keep too. She wanted to make money by working because she wanted to save her money because she already knew she wanted to further her education after she got out of what she called a lonely country public school situation. It was one of her have-tos that she put up with, but that she knew she was going to get out of. She went through the motions of school, right? She kept to herself, though. She was motivated by her own personal actions. That's what kept her going. What's interesting about this part of Sydney Black is that when she was explaining this to me, even in her email, I could sense this sort of sad nostalgia to it all. I think being an adult now, she she's also confused about her own self. But in the end, none of that matters because it seems that it was and always will be her biggest motivation, her biggest drive in life. And what better place to get out some of that aggression that you have because you're sort of chomping at the bit to grow up and get out of there and do what you want to do. Well, farms are a lot of work. They provide a lot of distractions. And what else do they have? They have a lot of living things, pets, animals, wildlife. And that, my friends, gives a forming serial killer a lot to play with, a lot to practice on. But okay, before I get into all of what she was doing, what could possibly be happening to make a young girl on a farm in America in the middle of everything, in a family that does only good, they work hard, they contribute to their community, they're overall seen as great people? How in the world would their daughter have feelings like this? Urges to kill as a goal in life? People, you know, have been studying this for so long, this topic, and since the beginning of mankind, basically, there's always been this typical belief that kids are a product of their parents in appearances, mannerisms, talents, even their voice and their careers they want to go into. And that's all great, but we have to think of the other side of things too that are not so awesome. Things like learned evil and anger and aggression. We learn about all these things as we grow up also alongside the tenderness and love that we see if we're lucky. And people will go back and forth and there's a lot of arguing and disagreements on the fact that there could be a definite answer to the issue of kids in an otherwise seemingly normal environment growing up and then they just become serial killers. Can we prove or disprove that children are a product of who their parents are? And then is it possible for a child to be socially changed after their childhood? I mean, this is a real question. Parents want to know. They want to know, am I doing anything wrong? Am I raising a serial killer and just don't know it? How terrifying. We've heard a lot of the ideas of what can affect this issue, and a lot of them do ring true. But it's just that it doesn't happen every single time. Things like physical abuse, you know, which is causing some kind of harm that is not accidental, and of course, we hear about sexual abuse, and that's any type of sexual or unhealthy or even criminal practice or activity around that, being promiscuous, being risky. And if you grow up with these things as an accepted behavior, does that route your mind in a bad direction? Well, we know it doesn't always do that. And why doesn't it do it every single time? And then, of course, you have the psychological abuse, and that one gets a little tricky, but really, it's the intentional humiliation and hurting of someone to cause them emotional conflict. 
that's outwardly toward you and on you all of the time. And that's the opposite of neglect, which is also a contributing factor. You know, that involves failing or refusing to provide the child food or clothing, maybe emotional or nurturing support, things like that. Maybe the mother was using intense drugs during the pregnancy. I mean, that'll change a child from the word go. And then, of course, there are those deeply traumatic experiences during childhood that can have an even deeper impact on an adult life. These kinds of situations shape an individual's personality and their life choices in a big way. And that's pretty much been supported and proven by all those professionals that dive into the topic day after day. What we can answer is yes, we do know it affects these people. It seems to be there in serial killers. But why if it happens to one person and they don't become a serial killer and then another person does? That's the question that we haven't been able to answer. Not yet. It becomes very confusing when only a very small percentage of the abused population become serial killers, doesn't it? I mean, if you took the number of abused kids that you could know for sure in one year and then compare it to how many of those kids would become serial killers, the number would be very small. But if we can find that connection, it would be good to eliminate this problem altogether, wouldn't it? And that would just be based on the abused victims that we even know of, by the way. There's so much going on that we don't see every day that we don't know. And Sydney Black is one of those things that I bet none of you have known before. She's definitely the victim of something. And she hasn't quite gotten that far in telling me what exactly did happen to her in her childhood. Because at this point, she seems to want to remember it as a happy time. It was a time in her life when she felt free, free to make her own choices explore who she was. If she did her chores, if she did a good job, she did have a lot of time to herself to explore what she wanted to do with her future and who she was. And to her, this is a success. She almost feels lucky that she was put in that environment to be able to explore what she might not have known about herself otherwise, that her environment supported who she was supposed to be. I mean, she really feels like the luckiest person. And that's how she talks about herself, that she was lucky to realize that she was capable of taking people out, basically. And she was motivated by these thoughts like most people that have a passion. It's something that you almost become obsessed with and you want to learn about it and you want to do it. You want to work on it. And that's how she was about this, about becoming a serial killer. And that's from her to you guys. That's exactly what she said to me. The one thing that I was able to pull out of her in our last communication, because I wanted at least one thing that relates to her studying criminals, that she can personally relate in her life journey to being the serial killer, and that was the killing of small animals. And we'll get into that more as we move forward, get into it a little more specifically. And again, because this is your heads up, that this Sydney Black series is going to be about these things. If you don't have the stomach for it or the interest for it, just know that I will always note that at the front of the podcast post so that you're aware. So this is your content warning, okay? Viewer discretion should be advised, right? But anyway, I do know that birds were involved. There was some special pig that she talked about that was involved. And then she mentioned squirrels and rabbits and things like that. So get ready for it because she's sharing more and more with me as we're talking. 
And since I've agreed to do this series on behalf of her, she's opening up more and more. So we will dive deeper as she becomes more comfortable sharing everything. We have to realize that even though she wants to get this out there, she needs to trust someone. She needs to trust herself with her own information because at this time she's in a very unique place. I think she's a little bit angry about what's going on with herself, but I also think she's, how do I say this? She's doing things that are satisfying her, at least in a small way. So she's able to accept her situation, even though it's not her ideal situation, she's accepting it and she's going along with it because she get, does get these other things. Okay, but let's continue with her story. So Sydney Black does what she does on the farm, and then she moves on. She does well in school because she's decided she needs to and wants to. And she tells me this, that she knew she would need to know more than other people if she wanted to succeed at something that needed to basically be done without anyone knowing or tracking her. So she wanted to be smart. She wanted to take to learning. She wanted to learn the learning techniques and be good at studying and reading, things like that. And she did well in high school, like I said, and she moves on and she gets into college and she actually got a partial scholarship. It wasn't all that giant, but it did help her get in. Apparently, after she wrote her essay to the school, she receives this link to an essay competition because they thought she was that good. I mean, she's already catching the attention of staff and she wins that. So she does get some dollars for school from the school. So like I said, this girl was good and she was motivated. She was also very focused, which definitely helped her rise, shall we say, a little more quickly than maybe someone else might have. She gets into college and she does what she needs to and she finds her major, which she already knew going in, although she never shared that with anyone, and went through the school process to actually find out what her major should be. And this is something that was kind of, entertaining to her because she already was starting with this attitude of, I can arts outsmart you. I mean, she really believes that she's already getting smart enough that you won't even know what she's doing to you. So she goes through the motions to see if the school staff could come up with the same conclusion that she already knows. So this right here is one of her first real signs of being devious, of psychologically using another individual and going through the physical motions in order to get the answer that she wanted. And the bad thing is that she did get the answer she wanted, which only fueled her ego. And creating a bigger ego in anyone isn't great, but to inflate the ego of a serial killer, that's extremely bad because they're going to do more than just walk around thinking how great they are. They're actually gonna do things about it, destructive things. Well, she gets into college and she's doing really well. She participates in school events. She has fun. She makes friends. Although she does say that most of her friends weren't really good friends, right? They were party friends. They walked to class together. They were buddies, things like that. And she also describes college as her launch pad. She doesn't really describe it in the way other students might describe college, right? For her, it's a place where she can learn and practice. That's what she's doing in college. While she's getting all the information she thinks she's going to need to become this great thing, she's practicing on how to act normal in front of others and fit into situations in a way where she doesn't stand out. And she got really good at that, for the most part, that is. The people that knew her 
Her friends have said she was a very big advocate for them. She seemed very loyal. Some of her classmates apparently would also tell you that they looked up to her. Sydney was extremely organized and she did very well with regards to balancing her life. And so she's proud of this when she's talking to me. And she's telling me that she could balance school and schoolwork with school activities and extracurricular activities. She had a social life that kept her busy. But at the same time, she really didn't have to get to know anyone really all that well. And that's how she'd want to be in the real world. You think you know me, but you don't know me. And I honestly don't care if I know you at all. You're sort of a prop in my life. That's how she thinks. Except for one person. She did have a favorite person, and that was her roommate. And they were closer than she was with anyone else. And she said she did sort of, in a risky way, test her roommate a little bit more on how far she could go with regards to what she could say and do. And Sydney said it was a, it was very easy because if her roommate got uncomfortable maybe with what Sydney was saying or what she was doing and Sydney knew that she was going too far, again, the practice, well, she could easily explain what she was talking about because she was in all the crime classes by then. Nobody thought anything of it and nobody suspected anything. And like most serial killers, they're very proud of being able to maintain that illusion of having this normal life while really they're planning and doing terrible things. Ironically, though, it was her closeness with her roommate that led to her semi-demise, if you will. At least it was a very big part of it. This is all before her life changes immensely. Sydney's happy. She's happy at school. She's happy with her studies. And she's happy not because she's doing well, although she's happy she's doing well, because she really does want to know this stuff. She thinks she has to know this stuff. She's happy because everything's clicking. Everything's working. She's getting away with her secret thoughts and tests on others. And she's excited for what about what's about to happen in her life, right? You're thinking of your future. You're almost done with school. You're ready to get out there. If you've been through college, you know this. It's a short but long and intense ride. It's kind of like a doctor finally passing their medical exams and then going on to do great things with some fame and fortune along the way, right? Well, Cindy believed that she was doing so well and everything was going so well that she would graduate and finally become the person that she was meant to be. And at some point later, everyone would know her. That would have been her ultimate. However, like all criminals, especially those with big egos, mistakes are made. They think they're being perfect. They think they know everything and that they're going to get away with it all because everyone else around them is just too stupid. They think so highly of me that they will never relate to what I'm doing or who I am. That's what they think. Criminals really believe that. They always do. And Sydney will tell you that. She absolutely believed that. Her belief could not stop what was really going on, though. I mean, she can believe in herself. But she got a little too comfortable and people were noticing. You know, we're not living in the same time where you could do a lot of things without getting noticed or being tracked somehow. And nowadays we have, you know, the terror watch list. We have the most wanted. We also have red flags, and there are red flags in all kinds of things. But when there are real people out there that know exactly what they're doing, 
and they're trying to stop a crime in a very big way, they come up with their own set of red flags so that they can keep an eye out for those people. And one of those things is what people are ordering, collecting, and reading. Some people might think of this as a form of big brother. It really isn't. It's when things come together in a combination that sets off those red flags. Otherwise, we would never really be able to track a terrorist, right? Oh, this led to this. We know it's the same person. They kind of have to keep track of all that stuff in case it ever forms into a big thing, okay? Red flags are actually meant to protect those around the person or the situation that the red flag is raised about. And in this case, there were red flags raised on Sydney Black. She had started looking things up on her own personal computer at her own personal IP address, making it repetitive, but she was using a different name. Okay, but that's not how that works, is it? And not only was she using a different name, she was looking up things that they really don't want you looking up. It's not normal for regular people to start looking this stuff up. And I'm not here to say that people are watching you right now on your internet, but if you start doing enough criminal behavior, red flags can get raised about you. And then yes, they're going to look into you. And it's not something we're going to hear about on the news every day. I mean, look at what just happened with Koberger and the Idaho murders. They watched him for days. They didn't tell us a thing about it because they can't. It might end up to be nothing, but it might end up to be everything. And if it is, they don't want other people in the mix that could possibly mess up the investigation. So suffice it to say that Sydney Black had done enough and raised enough flags, even though she was convinced herself that she was working completely under the radar and she was simply too great for anything or anyone to happen or for anyone to consider her that she brought her own self down with her carelessness. All right, so we know about the red flags. We know how great of a student Sydney was. We know a little bit about her childhood, right, to a point. She'll be sharing more of that with us, I'm sure. But then what exactly happened? What could have happened that would make her life completely come to a halt? Well, as I mentioned, she did have that one true friend in her roommate. Cindy felt loyal to that roommate, and she didn't like it, if her roommate was treated badly. Now, her roommate, who, let's just call her Abby, just so we can give her a name. Abby finds out about this party that was at a neighboring school, a different kind of college, a smaller college, but they were still active, like all students, and apparently there was some great party that they just had to go to. At some point, Cindy's roommate had met someone on the local bus, I guess, and that's how she finds out about this party, but since she was on the bus for a long time, she thought she really got to know this person and decides it's a really good idea for her and Sydney to go to this party. And they do. They get there. Sydney meets this guy and he seemed great. And the night was fun. They have a good time. Until Cindy can't find her roommate. She can't find Abby. Well, at first, Cindy admits, you know, she's a little put off. You know, in her mind, she thinks, okay, great. These guys are probably making out or doing something somewhere in this house. And that's rude, and I need to find them. She left me here all by myself. So she starts to get a little irritated, even a little angry, she admits. She tells me that she's stomping around the house because why can't they find a different place to do what they're doing or do it later? Why doesn't her roommate have the respect? You know, Sydney's going through all this little talk in her mind. That's what she's going through when she busts through the door of this bedroom and finds out that this guy is actually raping her roommate. 
Abby's hands were tied together and then to the bedpost of the bed in the room that they were in. Her shirt's ripped, her bra's gone, and she has nothing else on. And it's all moving really fast. Sydney's in a little bit of shock, but apparently the guy gets done with what he's doing and he decides to just throw Abby off to the side. And you remember her, her wrists are tied. She flies across the bed and Sydney notices that, hey, she must have been thrown around quite a bit because she's starting to get injuries from the ties around her wrists. So there's more going on here even than what she found. And there you have it. That is the one sole incident that throws Sydney into a focused mode of destroy. And she told me it was a little overwhelming because it happened to her before she thought it would, right? It's happening too soon, but she's in the mode. She's going to do it anyway. And she's always going to blame herself, though, her mistakes on this, because she wasn't paying attention and everything happened too fast. But what Cindy doesn't want to realize is that she was already making mistakes before that. And I've tried to talk to her about this, and I don't know why she has patience with me, but she does, I think, because she just wants me to get this stuff out there. But here I am, and I can tell you, I'm not going to change her mind. She can't see it all for what it is. Now, here we are. I don't think it's a big shock to you when I say that she was in focused destroy mode, that that means she was ready to take the guy out. And she did. And I'll get more into those details as we go along here. But what happened was she takes this guy out, but she's making more mistakes. Sydney had no idea that people had already been watching her. She had no idea she'd been flagged, which is why she was flagged, right? She's doing these bad things and thinking she's getting away with it. And all they need, the people in the position of catching criminals, is the proof that that's exactly what she's going to do. Unfortunately, she did get away with this crime before they could come in, but it was enough to take her down. I mean, basically, they were one step behind her, but she ends up committing this crime. And while she thinks she's won, it actually turns into more of a trap for the good guys because she gets caught and they take her in. This she did not expect. And she goes on and on about this because she's still full of ego. She's trying to justify how she got caught because, and she wouldn't have been caught if, like things like that. So here we have someone who's been murdered. And then we have someone else that is communicating with me. Why aren't they in prison? Why am I talking about them right now? Well, because things aren't always as you see on TV. There's a lot more that happens behind crime to keep us safe than anyone realizes. And Sydney wants to get this out there. She wants to get the truth out there. And I think that's the angry side of her in a small way. I also think it's her giant ego because she can't be all over the news. I mean, she's not the big story she wanted to be. That's what she wanted. But she wants people to know anyway because she can't help it. The agency that I mentioned before, the one I can't tell you about exactly, they end up taking her in. But now she doesn't get her lifelong prison sentence without parole or something like that. They start talking to her, telling her that they've been studying her for quite some time, that they had no idea she was going to bust right when she did, but it was earlier than they thought and she agrees. And either way, she's there now and they tell her that they're in the business of recruiting people just like her. Now, this is again something that she would never have expected. This agency is in the business of stopping crime and catching criminals. And they want to keep her, take her in to help the agency 
do just that. They're going after serial killers. And what a better way to do it than with a serial killer who studied even exactly how to be great at it. Now, this doesn't mean that every serial killer gets this break. I mean, people that have killed more are probably even better at it, right? But the agency will pick and choose what they think is worthy to them. And we don't get to know all of their reasons. Their criteria, if you will, is something I'm not privy to. But as a professional, as professionals, they know what they specifically are looking for. That's what I was told. We don't get to know everything. But we're going to get to know more of something because I'm talking to Sydney Black. She gets this break. It's kind of like it reminds me of the movie Catch Me If You Can. Did you see that in the end? Only in a whole different, on a whole different level. I can understand why authorities don't really want all of this out there all the time because it really is too much reality for some people to take. They got this approved though. But so how and what is going on? I know some of you listening right now are going to have a lot of questions about this because how is this okay? How is this really happening? I asked Sydney Black that specifically. If you're not full of you know what, how are you able to talk to me and why are you able to get this out there? And she had an answer. Well, she had an answer and her handler supported the answer. And after a lot of talking, going back and forth, it was the handler really that gave me the proof and convinced me that this was real. And I really can't talk much about that at all. But after a few communications and him getting involved, that's when I decided that, okay, if this is something I can really help with, I'll do it. At her agency, Sydney has this handler that's in charge of her all of the time. He's also a mentor in a way, and he'll learn from her also. I mean, it goes both ways, kind of, because she can't make a move without him. He is in charge of her 24-7. And for her to talk to me, that had to get approved up the ranks. And they approved it because they have their own reasons that I still don't exactly understand who are these people that will hear all of this. I don't get to know that yet. But I can do it as long as her real identity is kept anonymous. Uh, because honestly, what we're going to find out here is so crazy and outrageous that most people are going to think it's not even true, which according to the handler is completely fine. I mean, in their mind, if it gets to the people that they want it to get to, then they don't care whatever anyone else thinks because it's too crazy for anyone to believe or prove in the first place. I hope that makes sense. They don't care if you believe it or not. This is something that is going to be communicated to certain people, but they're allowing it to happen in this way so we get to know things too. So I'm here to give the information and maybe I can learn something. Maybe you can too. You can look at it in one of two ways. One, this is nuts. It is too crazy and it can't be real. Or two, this is a piece of insight into what really goes on to keep other lives intact and the general public moving forward. So how you look at it, what you want to do about it is up to you. Okay, well, I wanted to introduce this today and let you know what's going on and give you a heads up that this is going to be coming. Again, I'll note each post with Sydney Black, or maybe I'll say Sydney Black series, something like that, so that you know that those posts are about this. And you can choose to listen if you want to. I think it's going to get very interesting, I have to say. Haven't been a part of something like this. And I guess what interests me the most is that I think 
this happens. I think that there are regular means used to get information out there and people don't think anything of it. They might listen to something and go, oh, I don't care for that. I mean, what a great way to hide a message, don't you think? And once this gets out there, maybe other people will start doing it. I'm sure it's happening somewhere else. Anyway, if you are into this, check back for more because it's definitely coming. I know a few things, but even I am curious as to what's going to happen here. Anything could happen. That's it for now. That's what I have so far on Sydney Black for you today. Keep on listening. We always have more stories to share.